Hey, it's Stephen Henderson on the podcast today. We're going to do a little bit of celebrating of the Lions' postseason success so far. Tim Alberta of The Atlantic, who is a native of Michigan, wrote recently about the long-suffering we've endured in this city and this state because the team was so bad. He's really excited about what's coming up this weekend in downtown Detroit as the Lions play their second home playoff game in 32 years. We'll talk about shedding that feeling of suffering and basking in the new light of the successful Detroit Lions. Tim, always great to have you here. Welcome back to Detroit Today. Good morning, Stephen. And it is a good morning because, wow, what a <laughs> what a week it's been and what a weekend it's going to be. Yeah, that's right. You can feel in the city the, the anticipation and the excitement, excitement growing for what's going to happen in uh, just a little more than 48 hours. So before we get into your thoughts and feelings following this first playoff win in over 30 years, I'm going to go back to your article in The Atlantic. And I think it really helped people – nationally understand what we have been putting up with locally for your life and mine here in South uh, East Michigan. Let's take this in two parts. Talk a little about your history with the team and what led you to write about such misery. Yeah. So um, if, uh, if people listening are around my age, uh, you know, around 40 years old, one of their first vivid sports memories will be seeing Sterling Sharp of the Green Bay Packers streaking down the sideline uncovered in the Silverdome and getting this, this million-yard pass that hung in the air for an eternity from Brett Favre to eliminate the Lions from the playoffs in January of 94. Um, and I was a little boy. I was at that game with my brother and my dad. And it was the first Lions game I'd ever been to. And, uh, and, and, I, and, and I just remember being so crushed. And, and, I, and I wept the entire car ride home. And, you know, my dad finally turns around and he says to me, buddy, you know, it's just one game. It, it, you know, they'll get them next time. And, uh, and they did not in fact get them next time. You know, it was, uh, as I like to say, it's the only time my dad ever lied to me. Um, because, you know, for the next, for the next 30 years, uh, we watched, you know, arguably not just the, the, the most inept, franchise in the NFL, but, you know, maybe the most inept professional sports franchise period. And it was just nothing but, but pain and aggravation and humiliation, frankly. <laughs> um, and, but, but I think Stephen, you know, to your point, you use the word, the key word, we talk about long suffering. I mean, I think that there's something, there's something so unique about how suffering bonds relationships together, not just in the context of sports, but uh, in life. And, you know, the loss of family members and, you know, the shared trauma that we go through and how uh, when you experience that with other people, it just it, it just brings you together in ways that's you know, it's just hard to describe. But what's always been interesting to me as a, as a fan of all the Detroit teams you know, the Wings and the Pistons and the Tigers have all tasted great success in my life, and I've enjoyed it. But there's never been anything like Saturday night because, <laughs> you know, 30 years later, 
to be there at the game with my brother uh, almost 30 years to the, to the week of, of that loss to the Packers. You know, we, we just cried like kids. I mean, it was, it was amazing. And, and there was so much catharsis there because of all of that suffering. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I tell this story a lot. Uh, I mean, I, I grew up uh, in the, in Detroit in the seventies and eighties. Uh, I'm, I'm a little older than, than you are, but, but the extra time hasn't added anything that would mitigate this, the, the, the feelings that I have uh, about, you know, the, the suffering. I mean, uh, that extra 10 years wasn't, wasn't very good either. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I am now a father of a, an adult son who was not born here. He was born in Baltimore and we moved here when he was very young. And I remember telling him when we moved back uh, to Michigan that, uh, uh, you know, th- th- there was a new team that he would want to get to know, the Detroit Lions, and that it would look and feel really different from uh, from the Ravens, uh, which was the team he 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 f- he learned about football uh, by watching. And I said, you know, you don't have to be a Lions fan. You're going to have this great advantage over your dad in the sense that uh, your childhood has been being spent in two cities, and and one of them has a great football team that that competes many years for for postseason and and Super Bowls uh, you don't have to be a Lions fan I remember saying that uh, to him as a way of trying not to make him feel bad if he moved here and and decided uh, that the Ravens were still his team but to this day uh, he is as much a diehard Lions fan uh, as anyone I know who's a native and and it, it, I think it gets to what you're talking about, this this bond of suffering, right? It's easy to be a Ravens fan uh, because they're pretty good most of the time. And in fact, this year is going to be, I think, a, a, an incredible year uh, in Baltimore in Baltimore football, although I hope it doesn't come at the expense of my Lions. Um, uh, but that ease, I think, is not as attractive in some ways as the difficulty and the 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 strength maybe that we that we build and draw on from rooting for a loser year after year after year uh, believing that things will get better and then being shown that they won't uh, over and over again and then of course that crescendo of the time when they do break through and perform in a way that uh, that we've all anticipated. I mean, I, I, I think my son is is a perfect example of what you're talking about. You know, and Stephen, what was really striking to me the other night was uh, I had a, a friend of mine who was at the game with us as well, and both he and my brother are big U of M fans, and and uh, and I'm a Sparty, so of course <laughs> we all have you know given given each other a hard time about that, but. But both of them, independent of one another, said something really interesting to me. Because obviously, Michigan football was just coming off of its national title a week earlier, and they were riding that high. But both of them said to me that that Lions win was infinitely more satisfying, more enjoyable, more electric than that national title that they had just come off of, which I thought was really interesting because it goes to this point of, 
you know, for, for all this stuff about, you know, Michigan versus everybody and all this, I mean, let, let's be real. I mean, Michigan football is a blue blood. It's, it's, it's never tasted this sort of national ridicule and it's never, it's never been a doormat, a punching bag <laughs> yeah. in the way that the lions have been. And so there really is something, you know, I lived out of state for about a dozen years. And when you tell people that you're a lions fan, you're just like, you're just like putting a kick me sign on your back at that point. Right. And, and it's, it's, so there's just, there's an amazing feeling to finally have suffered for so long and, and, and at times to wonder, I think most Lions fans have wondered if it would ever get any better, if, if, if they were just doomed to this, you know, this permanent state of being, uh, being the, the laughing stock of the league. And to so to suddenly break through and to do it against your former quarterback and yeah. to do it in yeah. prime time, it was just <laughs> it was like the stars aligned in like a Shakespearean way that that was just so beautiful, you know. So so in your article, uh, you wondered because you wrote it before. Uh, all of these great things have happened uh, for us. Uh, you you said, "Who will I be if?" the lions start winning and i think that's a that's a great question i mean it, it really gets to this idea of how much of our identity is wrapped up in the success or failure of these teams but the fact that this team has been so awful for so long so now they're winning they they won their first home playoff game in 32 years uh, we'll talk in a little bit about what you think will happen uh, this year but there's no question that we're in a different era i think of detroit professional football so who are you now are, are, are you adjusting to this this new space and this new light uh, that shines on on our lions you know it's funny i i've 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 felt a little bit different the morning after that game. I really did. It, um, it did. It certainly felt as though a, a burden had been shed. Um, and, and then I got—I've got to say—in the last 72 hours, I've sort of reverted to just being a nervous wreck uh, and, and someone saddled with imposter syndrome, wondering is this real? And 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 uh, you know, is Lucy about to pull the football away from us here? Um, <laughs> The other thing that that's interesting, and you can relate to this as a dad too, Stephen. Uh, it, I mean, it's I, I've got three little boys, and, and now they're old enough where they're really engaged, um, and particularly one of my guys. And I'm actually finding myself talking to him and wondering, oh wow, is he going to grow up now with a completely different experience? Right. Because at, at such a young age at such a young age, he's seeing the Lions playing winning football. And is this going to become the norm for him? And in some sense, is that going to almost make it hard for us to relate to one another as a father and son, you know? Um, so, so, you know, talk about, talk about football, uh, putting you on the psychiatrist's couch. I'm, I'm, I feel like, uh, I feel like I'm doing therapy all week. <laughs> so uh, before I let you go, Tim, I want to have you do a little prognosticating about, Sunday and beyond. The Lions will face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday in the second round of the playoffs again. Second home game. I think that really matters, of course, uh, in the playoffs. How far do you anticipate this team 
going this year? Listen, uh, Stephen, I can't believe I'm even saying this out loud, but <laughs> I, I, I am going to consider it now a failure if they don't advance to the really? NFC Championship game. Because, really? because to be – listen, it would be different this weekend if they were playing in Dallas on the road. I mean, I, I think they'd probably be the underdog. But to be favored by a touchdown coming back home against the Tampa Bay team that's, I, I think, you know, just kind of an above average but not really a special team. Uh, and to have this this incredible home field advantage that we've seen at Ford Field, I think the stadium's going to be even louder than it was last weekend. I just – Boy, if they give this one away, it's gonna it's gonna hurt in ways that I don't think I'm ready for, and I don't think a lot of fans are ready for. But I don't. But I feel good about it. You know, you know, I, I'm, I'm my stomach's in knots and I'm anxious. But boy, I I do feel like this is a game that they've got to win. And then if they do, you know, listen, I'm not too proud to say that I already booked a refundable hotel room in Las Vegas because if they win, if they win on Sunday, man, they're one game away from the Super Bowl. And like, you know. That's just a sentence I've obviously I haven't been able to utter and really in my adult life and yeah. none of us have and at that point you know all bets are off there is a certain team of destiny uh, feeling that starts to creep into these conversations so you know now that they've now that they've slayed the dragon of thirty years and and Matt Stafford and all of it um, you start to look around and say hey why not us yeah yeah all right uh, Tim Alberta. Always great to talk with you and uh, really great to share this uh, this shedding of the misery of being a Lions fan uh, with you. Thanks so much for being here on Detroit Today. Hey, my pleasure, Stephen. Go Lions. <laughs> Go Lions. Today's episode of Detroit Today was produced by Sam Corey and Nick Austin. Our technical director and engineer is Nate Bender. Our assistant producer is Maddie Boyer. Editing and mixing is by Connor Anderson. Our music is by Sam Bobian and Will Sessions. Our podcast manager is David Lyons, and our program director is Adam Fox. Detroit Today is a production of WDET Public Radio. If you love the conversations we have on Detroit Today, consider donating to WDET, the public radio station in Detroit that we call home. If you want to be a part of the conversation and call in, you can listen live every day on WDET.org or on the WDET mobile app. Or if you live in Southeast Michigan and still love listening to good old-fashioned radio like me, tune in to 1019 FN.